June 2nd, 2021. It's a lot for Pedro Show.
For Pedro Show, happy Wednesday, first Wednesday, of June 2021. And summer's coming, right? I uh, started to show off Tom, uh, John Coltrane, Do I Love You Because You're Beautiful? And then Tom Hamilton, Bite Him to Death. I prithee. Prithee. That's <laughs> kind of old timey there. Uh, uh, people, Brother Matt, still the love God. Oh, um, Pleasure Point, a couple miles south. It's quite quarantine mode, but I am not totally man alone because those software engineers are stony with their Skype invention. I got Brother Tom Ham- Hamilton with me. Welcome aboard, Tom. Thank you. And wh- wh- where are you talking to me from? Uh, coming from Midtown Manhattan. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah, we don't we get some Brooklyn, but we don't get a lot of Manhattan. Well, I'm here. <laughs> you know who's that? I've been too? here for 34 years, so you know. That's probably why. Uh, yeah. Alan, um, Alan Ravenstein from uh, Perubu is a Manhattan guy, and he just made two albums: the the, the synthesizer player. Wow. I don't wow. know if you're familiar, but they, that band had a huge effect on the Minutemen. But I want to talk about your journey through music because okay. this stuff you gave me, I love, man. Oh, uh, thanks so much. Uh, try yeah. to bring your for us your earliest musical recollection. Well, I guess it would be a, a, a couple of things. One is that um, my mother was always playing uh, records, and she had a lot of 78s. And I just remember the image that I have is, is of an uh, album uh, of, of Daughter of the Regiment with Lily Pons, the opera. <laughs> the, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and so that, that, you know, and I know there was other things, too, uh, but they're all these stacks of 78s that went on on the phonograph. And then I think the other thing was that we had uh, at, at some point, just a little bit later, we had one of those little square 45 RPM uh, players, maybe RCA or somebody made them. They had a little speaker in them, little square brown things. And so, you know, my folks had a few records. There was, uh, you know, there was uh, Stan Freeberg. Uh, Christmas Dragnet, you know. <laughs> yeah, Stan Freeberg. <laughs> you know, Anybody who uh, listened to Dr. Demento's show people knows about Stan Freeberg. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 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 Eartha Kitt, I remember, you know. At oh, any yeah, rate, that was singer. stuff just just very vague for me. 
just recorded music listening to you know, uh, around the house when I was just very small. But but uh, so I gather that's the situation. Your folks were more listeners than players. Uh, that's that's right. Uh, my mom uh, had uh, school music lessons uh, in clarinet and piano, but she really wasn't uh, playing uh, at all. And uh, we didn't have a piano in the house until much later. And um, uh, my father was was a music listener, but but not uh, not a performer in any sense. And the pad you grew up in had no musical instruments. You said later there's a piano. Well, I started on trumpet in fourth or fifth grade. Yeah, I was going to ask so. you about school. If you were in the choir, the marching band, or shit like that. Yes, yeah, all all that stuff, and uh, just regular school music program. And I I started I started singing, and I uh, I started playing the trumpet, and uh, I. I sang in our, our, our synagogue had a uh, had a children's choir, and the uh, the the uh, choir director was a tremendously inspirational person. And uh, sort of a couple of us stood off to the side, and we improvised harmony parts in these in these uh, melodies, and and that started me kind of on a path with improvisation. I I sort of learned that. I like to use my ear. I like to uh, improvise and uh, make up stuff, you know. But 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 being a trumpet player and shit, you learned how to read music, right? Oh sure. Oh well, yeah. The school music program was all about reading music, really. Um, I didn't. Uh, I start didn't start improvising on the trumpet till you know till I could play more than six notes. I mean, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. You, yeah. You're talking what I what I'm understanding is vocabulary like yeah. to know the rules, you have to to break the rules, you got to kind of know them first. That that's <laughs> ideally, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, but everybody's got their own path and life is a trippy teacher anyway. Indeed. And sometimes it's academic, sometimes it's experiences, sometimes it's cats you run into, collabs. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Sometimes like, it's uh, you know a teacher that you find in an, in an unexpected way. That's what I was just going to ask you, Tom. Did any yeah. of these people in this early like the school stuff and non you have a profound effect? You want to give credit? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, when I started high school and I started having, you know, what the other kids called. Uh, a jazz experience, let's say, for lack of a better word. Somebody said there was this guy teaching in a music store. He was teaching jazz theory. And so I went to check that out. And this was being taught by uh, somebody uh, by the name of Tom Mason, who later went on to start the jazz program at USC. So people in California probably know his name. Tom, but, Tom, but, you know there's another USC. It's in South Carolina. It's the Gamecocks at Columbia. Oh, sorry. You know. <laughs> but you're talking <laughs> about the Trojans. You know, I, I, the Trojans. I'm from Milwaukee. I don't know any of this stuff. So, <laughs> That's all right. So, uh, so I know that only from Torn, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so at any rate, uh, I started taking these lessons and uh, what, what was so important is uh, that, that he gave me labels for the things that I was hearing in terms of chords, 
in terms of just um, basic materials of music, what some people would call music theory, but really the, just those basic materials of music, and also kind of pointed me in a vocabulary that could be applied to a lot of different uh, music, uh, especially, you know, uh, let's say uh, American Songbook uh, stuff and uh, uh, some jazz standards. And uh, it was so, I, so it, through that, I started teaching myself piano. There was a piano uh, in the home and uh, I just started sitting down and learning tunes and trying to apply some of these things. Now, and, you know, what's a trip? The piano's got a button for every note. But yeah. something like the trumpet, even though you see three valves there, it ain't a bugle, but it kind of is a bugle. A lot of them notes you got to get out of your lip. Well, that's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, of course, when, you know, when, you're, when you're just starting out, you're depending upon the trumpet to, to pull you along. You finger the notes and uh, you expect those notes to come out. Uh, and so there's that coordination between... Uh, your lip and uh, uh, your lip and your brain, I guess, and yeah, somehow the notes the come note. out in a in a in a sort of rudimentary way. Let's say, you know. I just look in, at the end of the day, music is music, but there's different sure. ways to get to that point. And I think a horn man kind of has to know the note. He can't just push that button. You have to hear it. And i i had a uh, I had a horn teacher for a while in in school in college, who said, you know. Uh, if you're having trouble with a passage, you have to stop and sing that passage. Uh, and if you can sing it, you can play it. And she proved that to me time and again. She would stop me. She'd say, take the mouthpiece out of the horn. First, uh, uh, sing, sing that passage. Then uh, buzz it on the mouthpiece. And then stick the mouthpiece back in the horn and play it. And it, it always cleared things up. Oh, man, that's a trip because a drummer friend of mine, Steve Hodges, he said the same thing. If you can dance to it, you can play drums to it. Yeah. <laughs> if you can sing it, you can play. So, yeah, it's, it's a, God, it's a, it's a, it's a way of a, actually trying to find your own voice by all these other researches people have been doing for buttloads of years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, at least for me, what what carried it for me is is that I had an early ability to sing and an early ability to uh, to hear notes to hear pitches and uh, the singing I didn't uh, after my voice changed you know as a teenager I didn't really stick with that very much I didn't feel that I had very much control over my voice and I didn't have the discipline to sort of cure myself in a way. But uh, I mean, I enjoy singing, but I'm not I'm not a singer in any sense. Um, but 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 just being able to sing as a way of uh, uh, learning music, right? Uh, it's like been... like reading a book. In some people don't don't read out loud while you read. Right? That means you're stupid. No, it's just another way absorbing information way, yeah. and expressing yeah. yourself. I want to play city, a Vorta city. Vorticity. Vorticity, I'm sorry. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. 
real wrecking machine. Total destruction. Strewn debris. Everything's exploded. And everything's free. Cannonball! A real wrecking machine.
Watch for Pedro show. That start that chunk of music started out with Tom Hamilton doing an excerpt from his City of Vorticity. Yeah. Then we had the man who's responsible for this connect between myself and yes. Tom Hamilton, Al Margolis. Yes. And uh, a trippy ass piece. Daredevil, snare bone. Well, everything. Al Margolis, uh, incredible cat. I had him on the show a few months ago and I said, please bring, you know, of course, not Xerox copy, but cats like you in the sense of adventure. And you were the recommend. Thank you so much, Tom. Oh, well, thank you. Okay, a couple thoughts about things that won't matter in the long run from Mike Gregnetta, then SLWCC Watt with Cannonball. It's a collab I'm doing. Album I did with a guy in Iowa City, Trading Files. Never met the man. But music is that bitching, people. The mirrored ones after that with Better to Forget, Bombas Prendon, Fast Food Fast, The Eight Deluxe. Uh, One of their guys in that group, uh, Proj, Steve Walt, he calculated 100 pounds worth of cassettes they've made in 40 years and only done five gigs. Okay, (laughs) but they keep on king. Brand new album from uh, Scotty Irvin, Clan Quartet with Love Thy Neighbor. Aruba uh, Avu after that with Nanonda uh, 4. And finally, Morelos Sin Termino, an excerpt from Tom Hamilton. Uh, now, now, now the, the one trippy thing about horns and us, you know, 1957 Sputnik, you know, rock and roll. What did you do after? I'm not talking about after graduating school, but in the afternoon, did you do the garage band, basement band, bedroom band? No. Not really. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I was always kind of desta- detached from uh, mainstream culture and maybe the the way people sort of congregated. Although I mean, I was I was in some some jazz groups as a kid, but I never connected with rock and roll. So in a in a Broad sense, you're talking to the wrong guy. Okay. I, I know almost nothing about rock and roll. Okay. Nothing of any importance. Well, what about ensemble playing? <laughs> you said something about a jazz band. Because to yeah. me, uh, yeah, Tom, have... I've really come to an understanding that music is music and that genre shit is just for marketing. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, we would you know, get together in small groups and, and even in junior high school, uh, uh, there was a band director that encouraged us to have small groups and, you know, he'd get us some music and it would it would be Dixieland stuff. You know, it would be a tiger rag and stuff like that. And then uh, as I got into high school, I, I just um, I, I kind of learned a little more about what the uh, what the what the mainstream of jazz uh, was more through recordings, but also um, just uh, just some opportunities to uh, to hear some live music. So um, now you know the big joke about the Thelonious Monk contest is Thelonious Monk probably would never won it, and this is yeah. a problem I see with the <laughs> no the thing about being avant garde, but in a way you're setting up the new rules. Yeah. And it's just a human dilemma. I'm not saying there's any kind of e- evil involved. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So the thing that starts off as a formula for uh, experimentation, improvisation, turns into, whoa, 
shtick. I'm not, shtick is kind of heavy, but. <laughs> you know what I mean? No blue notes. Somebody, uh, who told me that? Han Benick told me that once. No blue notes. Yeah, no, no blue notes. So uh-huh. they're waving the uh-huh. finger at you, but at that same time, they're trying to wave freedom at you or whatever, uh, yeah. anarchistic proclivity. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it seems like uh, I wanted to ask you about composing because you, Dixieland, you said band directors, that they're giving you sheet music. Well, I'm I'm saying this is this is you know like my junior high sure. music experience starts to move away from uh, standard fare uh, 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 junior high band music into things like Dixieland and swing, and so by the time I got into high school, I was uh, now listening to things that were current at the time. So you know I started high school in 1960. So uh, uh, this is kind of blue. Well, I was just going to say, so the, the <laughs> you know, I, I was just going to say that. Giant steps. Because, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I, I um, yeah, I, the, 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 first, um, the first record that I bought really uh, was, a, was a Columbia compilation called Jazz Pole Winners. And I think they, they put that out in 1959. And uh, so I probably bought it in 59 or 60. And the very first tune on that compilation was all blues. That's the first thing I heard as, as you'd say, modern jazz was that tune. What a revelation. I, I, I forgot to ask you about your first record. So say, thanks for bringing that up. What was the first, yeah. gig, what was the first gig you saw, Tom? The first gig was at my high school, and it was a it was a fundraiser uh, for uh, American Field Service, and it was the Dizzy Gillespie Quintet. Wow, nineteen sixty five. Yeah, wow. so you know, imagine I was I had been playing trumpet for four years or something like that, yeah, and yeah. now I'm, you know, sitting and 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 you know, uh, fifty feet away from. The greatest living trumpet player. I mean, I seen one of his horns at the Smithsonian, and I saw him do one man gig with a dashiki doing like a Afro Cuban kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Beautiful, beautiful cat. Uh, Yeah, incredible, and had the chops. And Miles knew that. That's why Miles always put good guys in his band. (laughs) (laughs) But let me ask you about composing, Tom. When did you start composing? Well, I, I think I, I, I made some efforts, uh, uh, you know, maybe when I was in seventh or eighth grade. And then I, you know, it just, it's, there was composing got mixed up with arranging. And then by the time I got to college, then it was composing in a different context. Uh, it was sort of, I don't know, you I guess you'd call it modernist in some way. And everything changed when I, uh, when I became exposed to electronic music. And then for a while I was composing in the sense of putting notes on paper, but I was always composing, also composing in the sense of uh, making sounds and putting them on tape, and, and I, which I like better. And uh, uh, I've- You mean captured performances? No, I mean making the sound. Oh, actually, actually doing the composition by 
creating the recordings. Okay. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Now, tell me about this electronic. How did it happen? Well, it it happened uh, when when I was a, a, a freshman in college, I think. So this would have been maybe fall of '64 or around then. Um, the uh, the uh, great electronic composer Vladimir Usachevsky yeah. was on a, a lecture circuit, and he came to our school, and he did this lecture with musical examples, all about electronic music. And I thought, this is really fascinating, but I don't think I could do that. Typical Midwest kid reaction, you know. <laughs> that's, that's great, but I can't do it. Uh, and at any rate, I, I went back, and, and so I told my teacher and friend, uh, Tom Mason, about this experience of going to this lecture. And he knew that I... I uh, had a little uh, basement workshop in my parents' uh, basement where I would build uh, little circuits for uh, ham radio. And he said, why don't you try building some things for electronic music? And somehow, I think maybe he got me some schematics that had been passed around and, you know, just little things and little little transistor circuits and uh, things that I could build. And, and they were more successful than the uh, than the things I had been building for uh, ham radio, and so I started putting these little boxes together. I had no other guidance about this for for quite a while, and so I just um, with a little bit of practical electronics that I knew about, I started uh, I started doing that, and then from there, I uh, I got a, a Sony tape recorder, and uh, started putting stuff down on tape. Yeah, so you were learning hard. by doing. Yeah. Look, I was learning by doing. Yeah, yes, that's absolutely. bitching. That's bitching. We're at the absolutely. end of the first hour, June second, twenty twenty one. Dishwap Peter, so special guest Tom Hamilton. Hold tight for hour two. June two, twenty twenty one. It's the second hour. Watch for Pedro show.
For Pedro Show, we start off the second hour. Tom Hamilton doing Bonum Pack. I didn't make that up, people. Maybe, what, any insights to that title? I think it's a site in Mexico. Oh, okay. So a native word, maybe. Yeah. Uh, what about titles? You know, with instrumental music, right? When John yeah. Coltrane called that song Alabama, even though he's phrasing like Dr. King, just that title, The Four, Four Girls, right? It yeah. Can, it can be very heavy, uh, a, a title. Do you put them on first or last? Um, <laughs> Most of the time last. Yeah, like most people. You know, there's sort of that struggle as I'm working on it, what to call it, what to call it. And then something just comes to me and I'll, and I'll think, well, that phrase 
maybe I could apply it here. Maybe that's what it's all about. You know, I suppose there's there's also times, of course, you know, when when the title comes first and then and then that sort of kicks off the idea for the piece. But I'd, I'd have to say for the most part, it's sort of brewing as I'm working on the piece and then it kind of comes to me at the end. Well, that's why I asked you, because I always start with the title. Otherwise, I got no anchor to try to rally all my whatever assets to try to bring I'll this. try that next. Okay. Yeah. okay. But, uh, okay, New Mexico. God, I've driven through there a lot. I got to look for that place. Ben Salter from Tasmania after that was sacrificed. Justice Yeldon from Sydney nearby all day. And Tom Hamilton, Sebastian Salon. So, can you remember... You're putting these boxes together, I guess, to make your kind of band. Yeah. Right? This, this way you're going to express it. You're not going to use your own uh, wind, your own breath now. You're going to use these circuits. Can you remember your first composition with those little boxes? Yes, but I can't remember the name of it anymore. Okay. I, it, it had some silly name like, I think it was boing zapper wow wow <laughs> <laughs> do you have a tape of it or record uh, somewhere wow that's great that's great somewhere where you won't hear it okay. you know <laughs> like the early days of skateboard riding <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah the horror. oh man we're always learning life's a classroom so uh but you never saw your your idea of uh like that man that you saw give the lecture, was his synthesizers tied to keyboards? No, he he came from the uh, the great uh, electronic music studio, uh, the, the Columbia Princeton Electronic Music Studio. He was the director of that studio or co-director, and that was all. Uh, that was a very complex set of uh, circuits and all controlled by uh, an early computer. And and then there were people in that studio that were just using a lot of tape recorders and a lot of manipulations uh, right on tape and using the, using the studio itself to produce the sounds, you know, one or several at a time. Yeah, tape, right? Delia yeah. Derbyshire, the, the lady who created the, or performed the yeah. Doctor Who theme, she she said synthesizers was the turnoff for her for electronic music. It should have been all about cutting tape and wrapping it around the door knobs and <laughs> chair well, posts. For me, synthesizers were uh, were a, a, a fascination. Okay, and uh, but, but they don't I, have uh, to be tied to a keyboard. They don't have to be a fake organ. No, they don't have to be tied to a keyboard at all. Uh, and uh, it, it it was really, I mean, the instruments that I've owned. Maybe the last two or three have had keyboards because they're, you know, commercial manufacture. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I started with synthesizers more by ordering a catalog from Moog Music when they had just started out in the early 60s. And I ordered, I ordered two catalogs from them, one for me and one to... Uh, take to the chairman of the music department where I was in college to convince him uh, that the school needed to buy a Moog synthesizer. This was not uh, a successful uh, pitch on my part. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Absolutely not. 
And uh, but nevertheless, I I just the, the the catalog was descriptive. It came from with with a little uh, a demo record with it, and uh, uh, there was somebody in Milwaukee where I was growing up who had a little modular Moog synthesizer, and I and I went over and used it a couple of times, and 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 I learned so much in just a couple of marathon evening sessions. And then um, and then things kind of moved along from there. But I I, I love the idea of the voltage controlled synthesizers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like a garden hose, a fire hose, just all twisting up. And you're just trying to yeah. wrestle the thing, and yeah, yeah. But yeah. then the yeah, I think I'm thinking of the switched on Bach. You know, here's the new kind of harpsichord. No, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> I want to play this. You you have some collaborations you sent me, and I want to play this uh, Schleiber Sonic. Tromosome. Yeah.
Flee the fairy wood, jaw set, visor down, pushpins, cork. The French dip. What vistas lie ahead, Trala? The red sun over my mystery shoulder. I am galloping alongside a French dip. A strange, extraneous sound intrudes. Riches, mayhap, rattling about an old coffee tin. Not bloody likely, snickers the horse. I know you're there, horse. I can hear you. Besides, I can see you under my crotch. The words echo through the dark forest. The wee woodland creatures attend. The gulls. The residents of French Dip, Louisiana, line up mornings face to face, rain or shine, pick up their opposites on odd number days, the line to the west, on even the east. Passerby gulls plodding south, these playthings of the fickle wind, see none of this. Tis the delta beyond for which they long to cushion exhaustion, supine, arms open. Expressions of Sympathy A hasty expression of sympathy to the dirk decapitating you on its assignment's conclusion is simply wrong-headed. Oh, fortunate who rise up off topsoil and fly, how I envy you. Nobody I know even levitates. We lack a genetic predisposition. But I do have these mental paddles to row with toward conclusion. What is one to make en route of life's little sight gags? Over there, for example, a tableau carved in diseased Dutch elm depicting an Irish wolfhound urinating on wolf, a personage of Teutonic extraction, in a dogwood's dappled shade. Ugh. I like to imagine the music to these edge-dwelling moments as the shrill of the referee's whistle at a cosmic free-for-all. Thus do phantom palaces surprises make of minds. A surprise well-crafted, fabled Atlantis approximates. By pint per scoop gained, or, as dry measure, the parable of patience thinking about outwitting enormity. 
Like sutures sealing a mistress's charms, this too leads to productive amusement. What exactly are we looking for here in the nest? Don't ever call me Pierre. My true name cowers in the dark, slowly going sour, give or take an hour. One, fabled Atlantis sinks. Two, it's gone. Three, get over it. We see these things more clearly in daylight. After the pseudonymous Pierre bloodies the nose of his identical twin, the true blue Pierre, he stomps melons plump with seed. And so from snits flies usefulness. Fuggery thus their overture. Who can say what drives one to action? The passers-by gather strange flora and fauna. A curious soup. The knot in the neck. The knot in the neck in daydreams I kiss, in bed, on a chair, toes enclosed, hat under hair, living shellfish to the nines are dressed in homespun rock, toes in sand sunk, top knot, hat. Recant your devotion to my apex-aimed person, and yes, I will whimper just like a human. I arrive, I depart, and why is that, oh? Like your hat, I play a dual role. I cap imagination, restraint, and signal removal to excess, say. Right here off my desk. Damn, damn, damn it, damn. They've gone and filched the surrender leaflets right here off my freaking desk. Had I not already decided against writing about Clausewitz, this wrongdoing might well have filled the bill. Yet I continue to think of Clausewitz when I sit here at my desk, distracted by the memory of my filched surrender leaflets. I conduct the flow of nostalgia with a boxcar axle I found whilst flourishing literal roses under figurative noses. Foolish Environmentalist Gazing upward, a foolish environmentalist asks a big leafy tree, well, what next? Where to now? Come again? A big leafy tree drops a bough on a foolish environmentalist's head. Well, what next? The concussed dunce asks in his big leafy cap. Waste not, want not. Camouflage. Ach, hot damn, they are mere. They are dropping fresh surrender leaflets right here on my treehouse desk. It's all over for me. Struggling with poetry, which, held up to life, is but colored lard on a weak old scone. After the disaster, the surviving passers-by simmer ill-smelling herbs and slimy, crawly things. A curiously fucked-up soup. The candle gutters, dies. Pierre hears someone, something, schlup-schlupping out there in the dark. One eats the fucked-up soup falls gravely ill and is rescued from oblivion by a fucked-up soup patrol in F.U.S.R. trained fucked-up soup resuscitation. Returned to hardihood, one wants to know about the then. After all, it is our road. 
We slink about the countryside, dreaming of the population we'd like to sire with these lovely, olive-complected indigenes. We hug the coast like periwinkles. A five-story H with dish antennae affixed to the verticals serves as our guide. Since 90% of the landscape is stark, it is difficult to ignore the odd, creamy spots. There, in a dogwood's shadow, an unappetizing mound. Faute de mieux, we turn our gaze to dawn dissolving the snowmen. One had thought them sentries posted about the impermanent frost. The chicken I ordered arrives as an egg. Too early again. Like a wheel of fragrant cheese, I order the miles with noticeability. Follow that sunset nose. No, no, imbecile, that one. The nation's flag flutters from my flagstaff. A clock face on a tower peeps through thick massed foliage. Below, on the lawn, memorial cannonballs stacked like waxed goudas. A snake-like train curves distantly and pauses, feeling out the terrain. A steamboat rounds a far-off bend and pauses, taking in the view. Overlooking the lawn with its stacked cannonballs and equestrian bronze, Blue Ribbon Stallion, assisting pillar of the community to his manifest destiny, which might do as the heart of a billboard large canvas were it not for the haste these cheek-by-jowl endings require. The mandibles in question. Excellency, the mandibles in question are chewing up hectares of quaint countryside. Projectiles, a whistling fly, crisscrossing the lovely geography. If you are quick, glints you'll detect where they intersect with sunbeams bright, for silver is the shot, vis-a-vis lycanthropy, and a victorious army's ostentations. Why are we such a warlike species, I ask myself, as I part my balm from its makeshift stopper, a remarkably small pacifist who, like fabled Atlantis, suffers from Apocrypha. Poetry inquires into these pearly daylit moments along with shadowy motives, dings, dents, and cracks. But urban sewage grids? Please say no. Alas, yes, urban sewage grids. Ars longa. Excuse me, miss, a wee flake of rogue shit inquires. If I study how to do things right, do you think we might be friends? They fly, my friends, these bits of rogue shit. Who'd have thought it? It may be that you are correct. A lull in the discourse. Both men wait on one foot each. A third party blasts the quaint countryside in which the diminutive bottle stopper and his rather larger friend are standing on one foot each to itsy-bitsy pieces marking an end to land reform, but always, toujours, another beginning. They are young, itsy-bitsy, and at peace. They are young, etc. They eat off placemats. They take care of their teeth. The sky is blue, and so am I. Spewing coleslaw, bridge work, mayhap the tongue, the face goes slack, eyes dim, teeth yellow, wobble, crumble, the melancholic reads the obits. As he does not fold the journal from the side opposite, save for fingers, 
He is invisible, not transparent, rather concealed. Rocking the dwelling. Is it a lover's pulse rocking the dwelling, metronome to crumbling walls, or passerby footsteps, stride, tick, synchronous? A pulse, Sir Isaac, beleaguers the house. The very stains desert the sheets. Talk about la juif errant. I used to own a five-story high cast iron, exclusive of ornamentation, get well greeting card that made me sick to look at. It also made me sick to see Satan en route from in transition to angel fallen, sockets spewing eyeballs like marbles, ergo all-seeing. He's in the forest now, is Satan, painting birches with little black stripes. A contemplative fellow in the main, he screeches now and again. Jersey? Where? The people under the bed are noisy. It is midnight. I bite off my hat.
to yes and uh, things like that but I wasn't connected to that music I was my my part of electronic music always was on the experimental side 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's what I felt uh, that, um, you know, I was, I had this feeling that what I ought to be doing with it would be to try to put something out there that was new in music, not not a cre recreation of something old. Yeah. So yeah. it's just the idea of moving ahead and uh, sort of ignoring what seemed to be part of uh, musical history, even though we're always connected to music history. We can't, we can't help that. It's just this idea of moving forward. Sure, sure. Uh, the intent, right? Nine-tenths of yeah, the law. Yeah, absolutely. Let me tell the people what we heard. Uh, Cafe Criminal from Slabersonic Traumasome, then Quarantina Part 16, Revelations from Char Joe Cardamone's uh, Quarantina little opera. But absent a spleen, this is Tom Hamilton, Mike Silverton, Al Margolis. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I found that. <laughs> I love it. But absent a spleen. I mean, who did the spiel? Who wrote the spiel? Mike Silverton wrote it. Oh, really good. The really text. Good. Mike yeah, wrote yeah, all yeah. that. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> Plastermen from the Plastermen, I think Ithaca. Uh, Dustin Off Dada from Tom Hamilton, Bruce. Eisenbeil. T tell me about these uh, collabs. Okay, sure. Uh, uh, it, it's, you know, you you find, you know, it's a wonderful thing in New York especially, is you find all these kindred spirits. And uh, uh, doesn't, doesn't the, the instrument is, uh, uh, you know, part of sort of a manifestation of, similar point of view about music or at least a temporarily similar point and i started playing for example you well you just mentioned bruce eisenbeel um we he's you know obviously from that cut uh, he's a wonderful guitarist very fast and just very uh imaginative timbral palette and we just uh, you know we just started working around 2007, 2008, and uh, um, uh, we we just we met a lot in my living room actually, and we just laid down a lot of tracks. We probably laid down about five CDs worth of tracks, Whoa. and then we had this process of just picking one. You know, just let's let's just let's just put out you know an hour or less of music, and uh, so the one you heard is just. It was one of the keeper takes. How's that? Yeah, and yeah. Then, <laughs> it's it's hard to create, but it, having too much and getting a scissor, I think they call that editing, right? Yeah, right. Uh, Mr. Faulkner hated editors, but then he had the fucking ten thousand word paragraphs. <laughs> well, you know, I don't I don't like to edit in the middle of things. Okay. You know, in in terms of something that is continuous, I don't make something longer or shorter by adding or subtracting anywhere or making more sections out of it or these kinds of things. So, uh, you know, I try, just try to preserve the continuity. So my edit, my edits are very simple in, in pieces. Sometimes I edit by throwing away, which is well, that's, probably that's kind of what I for was the best. To. That's what I was kind of meaning. And yeah. I got to I got to tell you too, Light in August, beautiful book by Mr. Faulkner. So no, nothing against him. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe uh, uh, Cormac McCarthy's closest guy 
that's come to writing like that again. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour, June 2, 2021 edition. Watt Pedro Show special guest, Tom Hamilton. Hold tight for our three. June 2, 2021. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
self-serving, psychophantic psychos, business models, running social, welfare for the rich and famous, you are here to serve this motion, vicious self-perpetuation, cycle off the wheels of motion, capital the price of hatred, spins the purchase, sold as portion, persecute the lowest paid, where their claimants get demoted, charity that band-aids play with, do they know it's what they voted, leads the hand that buys the pain, stamps that justify their clothing, paychecks that they're unrestrained, we please the word, it's homeless quotas. The word is yours, so take it, make it yours, and see what is. The blood of pity is a station, conflict is just fucking kills. For what night is all the bullshit, pen and first, conceit and turn, what prophecy, who serves this process, gaze the word, the watch it burn. The word is yours, so take it, make it yours, and see what is. The blood of pity is a station, conflict is just fucking kills. For what night is all the bullshit, pen and first, conceit and turn, what prophecy, who serves this process, gaze the word. Cause I'm working 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 I'm bothered times my lucky charm Ireland, Ireland of the nation Sing rebel songs way arm in arm I still with tears their pride of nature As though they bore the scanners of harm They tried to find the historic placement Purpose built state of the earth Museum to this reparation We earn the right to take our wages Pay ourselves with our labour To reap the harvest of this place Injustice we break an acre For this world is ours to choose To do with that we wish to take it As for what we do and who will win And who will lose their place with the world is yours, so take it, make it yours and see what is. The world of patriots is fiction, not like this, just fucking bills. For what kind of fuck the motion, better turn, that's it, to turn what topics we do, serve this process, gain the word, the watch it burn. The world is yours, so take it, make it yours and see what is. The world of patriots is fiction, not like this, just fucking bills. For what kind of fuck the motion, better turn, that's it, to turn what topics we do, serve this process, gain the word. Cause I'm working Cause I'm working Cause I'm working Cause I'm working
Life of Pedro show. We start off the third hour. Tom Hamilton, Thomas Buckner would jump the circle, jump the line. Apenio Ventana with calling zero rid rot. That's cryptic. To live and shave in L.A. Bones, beers, and muscles. Not so cryptic. <laughs> Deep in the woods, 66. Uh, heads featuring Captain Moonlight. So these guys, uh, it's Tommy O'Sullivan out of Dublin, Ireland, with Basket Case. His Man Alone album, but a big collabs with his buddies. And I even got to play on one. Or spiel. Elliot Sharp after that. A Bible belt in the mouth. Incredible guitar man out of New York City. He's got the best initials too, right? E Sharp. <laughs> he can just right. write, yeah, the music way. It's not a hashtag, people. Okay, and finally, Tom Hamilton with Jeff Holly looking out the window. What about these two collabs, Tom? Well, uh, so the, the, the first collab is is with uh, uh, Tom Buckner, who was one of the first people I met in music uh, when I moved to New York uh, about 34 years ago. And, uh, you know, we had uh, one or two friends in common, but it was more that I was going to concerts all over town. All, anything that was contemporary, experimental, anything, and all, all different parts of the city. And the person I saw the most at these events was, was Tom Buckner. And we just got to be friends that way, just through a love of a lot of different, uh, a lot of different music. And we started, started working together and um, did several collaborations. And we, uh, we also collaborated on, on a concert series uh, that went from about 90 to 2007 so it was a, a series a series about improvised music in the summer we called it cooler in the shade and then the winter we called it warmer by the stove which makes and, sense for new york city <laughs> yeah yeah so we did a lot we we had a lot of adventures together we were both part of uh a composer robert ashley's ensemble and so we we uh we did a lot of touring together. So, so that, that's important, right? Taking turns, uh, being man alone and composing, and or simple one-on-one yeah. -on -one collabs, but then also being part of ensembles. Yes, yeah. Uh, for me, I think the the uh, the most comfortable ensemble for me is a duo. I, I I learned that about myself a long time ago. That uh, it just it just uh, if especially if if a person, you know, they're singing or they're they're playing, uh, let's say, more of a melody instrument there. It takes on a very different role than what I'm doing with the electronics, which is more textural. I, I try to I try to provide a context for solos more than. Uh, creating single lines or doing something that is, you know, soloistic in and of itself. A contrast. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And what about Jeff Holly? Jeff Holly, I I knew first. Uh, he uh, he was actually in one of my early electronic music classes in uh, St. Louis. He was a student at, at Washington University, and he. Um, 
uh, we sort of kept up. Well, I, and should, he, let me ask you, Tom. Washington University had a good music program? It had a music program. Because that's <laughs> the movie they used for fucking Animal House. <laughs> Is it? I'm, well, that frat. It was, yeah. I, I think it was filmed in Oregon or something. But that, they I used see. that like as the, I don't know, the script anchor I or see. something. Well, I, I was I I built uh, an electronic music studio there in uh, 1971, and uh, Jeff was in uh, one of the uh, one of the classes in the 70s, and we just you know we just hit it off and stayed in touch over the years. He spent a lot of time uh, in L.A. Uh, in the 80s, and and uh, and then he eventually moved to Amsterdam. So uh, we see each other in New York once in a while. He has reason to be here, and uh, we just did uh, we did something together. Uh, oh, uh, about six months before the world stopped. Yeah. And so, <laughs> well, it <laughs> we, was just postponed. We, it's going to start again. Can uh, I ask you one question about Electronic Cat and SoCal? He's in Tokyo now. Carl Stone, are you familiar? We know each other a little bit. Yeah. Okay, because he had a huge effect on me. There's a station where you are, WBAI. They got a sister station, right. KPFK. And he used to have a show named after uh, Imaginary Landscape. Uh, who's that composer? It was uh, Cage, Mr. Cage's uh, yes. position. And yeah. he introduced me to so much, you know, Deutsche Grammophone, Hat Hood, all that. Really, yeah. you know, it made you think about what is music. Like, well, that's the idea. That's the idea is... What else could be music? That's where I come from. Is like you know, uh, making something that uh, that has has that possibility of now adding to our notion of what music is. That's great, man. I want to play this uh, a tune from you. We're out of collab land, people. So 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 sorry, but we're gonna finish up strong with Tom's solo things and London Fix. Okay.
society.
lot for Pivo Show Last Music for this edition. Tom Hamilton with London Fix. It means the price of gold is set, people. No drogas. <laughs> Stair kits after that from the no wave days in New York City, uh, late 70s. Grimly Foreman, something live. Tuning was just a concept. <laughs> yeah, electric guitars, bass guitar. Tom Hamilton finally with Papaya. Papaya, I love this tune. Uh, so I noticed you didn't give me a lot of contemporary, you know, like, because you say the world stopped. The world did stop for you music-wise. You don't use the Internet to trade files? <laughs> no, you, you. so you're you're saying I didn't give you a lot of recent stuff. That's what I meant. Like, yeah, 2021 that, I mean, stuff. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I, I thought about that, I, or I realized that after I already had made my excerpts. And I think, you know, uh, some of these things, uh, you know, I just, I wanted to uh, play out again. They're part of my background. No, I'm, but, glad, you, uh, I, I'm glad you brought yeah, them, really. But, you know, uh, in this last year, I've done probably four Bandcamp albums, some collaborative and, and some solo. I've done some uh, 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 scores for dance videos. And I've done, I uh, had a chance to do a lot of stuff that's really, you know, at this point, drawing board stuff, right? It's yeah, just yeah. Uh, not, ready, not ready to commit to yet. Petri dish. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so Tom, it's, 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 you know, I, I, I keep working on stuff, and uh, I, uh, I guess I should have been more complete. No, no, but, no, no. I'm, I'm glad you brought what you did. I was just curious what, what you were doing in the, me in the meantime. Is there a place where listeners can find on the internet, the, the, the like you said, four Bandcamp albums? Is there a Tom Hamilton website? Well, it, in, in, uh, in two ways. One is. Uh, uh, lovely music has a uh, has a website for me that you can get just by going to lovely.com slash Hamilton and that'll take you to the to the main page for that right. and then the other thing is on Bandcamp yeah. a person if they search on Tom Hamilton one dot Bandcamp.com you know that's that's me. Yeah, no. and my stuff is if you just searched on Tom Hamilton composer, you know, or Tom Hamilton electronics. But if you go to Tom um, Hamilton bass player, you're getting Aerosmith. Yeah, you're getting <laughs> you're in a different territory altogether. <laughs> There's a hockey player named Mike Watt. I know what you what you're going through, Tom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's like, oh, it happens. There's only so many letters. I get letters. that one a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so many letters in the alphabet, right? Look, so great. You know, since we didn't get the more recent stuff, will you come on the show again and we'll play nothing but new stuff? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I'd be thrilled. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, it's a big honor to have you aboard. Uh, oh. And please keep on keeping on for the sake of all of us. <laughs> Your inspiration, you. Tom Hamilton. Truly. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. People, it's been June 2, 2021 Dish Watt Pedro Show. Oh, and thank you again, Al Morgales, for making the connect. Keep your powder dry.